With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. Well, if you get there, an unmatched selection of fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Uh, today's a perfect day to have Mark Dominic on. He'll join us in 25, hour, 25 after. Former jail manager of the Tempe Buccaneers, and he famously had Raheem Mostert as his coach. Back then, he was the youngest coach in the NFL. So we'll ask him about Raheem getting the Atlanta Falcons job um, and what he expects from Raheem Mostert kind of round two. Raheem, did I say Mostert? I'm sorry. Raheem Mostert, of course, plays for the Dolphins. Raheem Morris is the former coach. Uh, defense coordinator, of course, uh, this year with the uh, L.A. Rams. But uh, he's been around the league, and he was the head, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Raheem Morris. That, that's, that's my bad. I butchered that one to start. Um, championship weekend is here. And this one's kind of cool and then kind of hard because, you know, we don't actually get to see these teams play for, you know, another what, 48 hours or so? 48 hours? So, you know, college basketball takes the forefront. NBA tonight. We're getting closer towards All-Star Game. People freaking out about Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brunson not being starters. That's because fan vote put them there. If you didn't know, fans were idiots. You haven't looked at the All-Star Game in the past. I don't know why people are getting their panties in a bunch about it. Things that just don't care about. You heard Dan Byer mention Novak Djokovic uh, was upset today at the Australian Open. And that's a place that he's dominated when he's played. So could it be a sign of Djokovic and his reign as the greatest of all time and now the leader of all these majors? At, at some point, Father Time will catch up to him, will not? Um, and then, of course, we have all of the NFL coaching talk, including we'll get to this upcoming, that Bill Belichick may, when the music stops playing, not have a chair at the coaching table. Does that matter to him? Does it matter to him? Uh, but let's start with this weekend. Look, I've said this before, and I'll say it next week as well, that as much as I would like it to be about how somebody played, it's generally not. You know, what we look back on is who won and who lost. That's really all that matters. 
And whoever wins goes to the Super Bowl, and that puts you on a higher plane. Whoever loses, well, we've seen lots of teams lose in championship games, and it not really affect anyone's legacy. But these are really kind of legacy-affecting games. The, the Niners, for example, you know, they were here last year, granted, on the road against a really talented Philadelphia Eagles team, but didn't have any quarterback uh, of note that was healthy enough to help them win the game. Now they have both their quarterbacks. The question is, will they have Debo Samuel? But for Brock Purdy, this would be a game, despite the fact it's not played against, you know, one of the super elite teams in the NFL. Like the, the, the Let's not confuse the fact that Detroit has an elite offensive line and they've had a resurgence with the fact that they're like some elite defensive group top in, top in the league. They're not. They're good. Really good team. Finds a way to win. Has value. But let's also like not go crazy about it. But all that matters is can Brock Purdy get his team to a Super Bowl? For Jared Goff, it would be the ultimate FU to everybody, including the Rams, who... You know, didn't think he was good enough to get back and win a Super Bowl. And by the way, they like let's whatever happens with Jared Goff, even if they win a Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions. Remember, Matt Stafford won one as well, and I think most people would conclude Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff, whether or not they have the same success. But still, a huge feather in the cap of Jared Goff if they can win this game. And then you have the AFC. You know, what would it do to the legacy of of Lamar Jackson? Change everything completely. And for Pat Mahomes, it would make him kind of synonymous with winning. Would be his fourth Super Bowl in only his sixth year as a starter. So if you were to ask me who has the most to gain, it's Lamar Jackson. It's not really close. Goff has a lot to gain because he's been there before, would be there again. Purdy would give him kind of like immediate uh, resonance and credibility atop the league. You know, and then if you really kind of want to get down to it, it it would still help Mahomes. Like, would he would he climb to another level? Probably not. Probably not. But it would be hard to not view him on the Brady plane if he gets to his fourth Super Bowl in six years. But Lamar, been a league MVP, will be the league MVP this year, playing at home, and the only thing lacking has been playoff success. And again, regardless regardless of whether or not he throws for 300 yards. Or he looks like, you know, Johnny Unitas back there picking apart a defense with his arm. It doesn't actually matter. Lamar pushed for the change in their offense. They got Odell Beckham Jr. You, you got Mark Andrews back fully healthy um, or healthy enough. If he wins this game, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, the only thing left is to win a Super Bowl. And as had been pointed out previously, there have been other quarterbacks that haven't won a Super Bowl. But there aren't many quarterbacks you can view as elite all-timers that haven't won anything or haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. You know, that's really kind of the drop-off there. You have guys that have won multiple Super Bowls, they're at the highest plane. Then you have a guy that's won one Super Bowl, like those guys are likely Hall of Famers and they're at one level. Then you have the guys that, you know, have had great success, haven't won a Super Bowl, but have gotten there. But then you have the guys that the guys that haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. I mean, tell me a big name quarterback, historically, Hall of Famer, who didn't go to a Super Bowl. I'll wait. That's really what it comes down to. Tell me the guy. And, and, and Lamar 
has achieved some unbelievable stuff. But the legacy stuff is not the MVPs. The legacy stuff is not even the records or not the runs or the throws or all that he's done for the city of Baltimore, you know, post Ray Lewis and taking the mantle and leading that franchise. None of that matters. Because no matter how good Ray Lewis's team's defense was in 2000, they won the Super Bowl. That's what cemented it. Right? So... What what's at stake here? Of all the guys with something to win, something to earn, something that changes their life forever this weekend. It's inarguable, and it doesn't actually even matter how he plays. Right? Like Tom Brady a couple years ago when they went, went to the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay. He played great in the first half. They made that, made that unbelievable throw right before halftime. And the second half, whew, they just, just try to stop turning over, Tom. He had three turnovers. Nobody mentions it. No, it was Aaron Rodgers couldn't score first three downs. They kick a field goal on fourth down. Then they try and get the ball back, and they don't. But no one mentions the fact that Brady was bad in the second half. Nobody. That's supposed to be clutch, winning time. You've been there. You've gotten us there. You've been. That was your 10th Super Bowl. Nine other times you've won the AFC Championship game. you got to play better, and he didn't. Nobody cares. You know why? Because at this point, it is just have one more point than the opponent and everything else goes away. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Lorraine, I'm dealing with a little head cold here in uh, beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. Can you hear it over the air? No, no. Only when you uh, blow your nose, Doug. Did I blow my nose during a, during a segment, during the first segment? No. <laughs> my buddy Jeremy's listening. He's like, you sound sick. Now I'm just my usual nasally self. Um, But no, I mean, like, as Jay Stu will tell you, I'm never sick, ever sick. 
And I don't consider myself sick now. Like, this is not. And the good thing is, being on the road, don't have to come into studio, so I don't have to worry about getting anybody else sick. Yeah, that, we appreciate that, that. Well, I, you know, if nothing else, I care. That's. I don't really care, but I can act like I care. That's that's the idea behind it. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, and we're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Uh, we got a big weekend upcoming, and Mark Dominic will help us give a sense of the, the games, the teams, the coaches, as he's a former general manager and head of scouting as well. We'll get his thoughts on some of the hires. One guy who may not be hired is Bill Belichick. And, look, it appeared that he was going to Atlanta. Um, now, all of a sudden, Atlanta moves on. They hire Raheem Morris. And I would guess, and this is more than a healthy guess, right? I've, I've also seen and heard others comment on it, that Belichick, you know, he wanted to do it his way. And I, I do, on so many levels, understand that. You know, w- would it be... Really, really easy and maybe smart at this point in time in his career to go like, hey, man, I just want to coach ball. I don't need to worry about personnel. Just you guys set up the team. I'll show up and coach him. We'll win, et cetera, et cetera. But when you've done it one way and been more successful than anybody else who's done it ever, it's not just ego that comes with it. It's the, uh, why would I change now? Why would I change now? Because we missed on a quarterback? Lots of people miss on quarterbacks. Right? Lots of people miss on quarterbacks. So I actually understand it. Understand it really, really well. The other people are like, well, the ego of Belichick, just out of control. Probably. But you'd have a healthy ego, too, if you were more successful at something than anybody else who'd ever done it. Right? It makes sense. And, by the way, like, let's not... Let's put him in a position to succeed. And I also think, and this is a real thing, the the reclamation of Bill Belichick can't be the reclamation project of a franchise. You know? If you want to rebuild, which is what Atlanta really wants to do, that takes time. Okay, that's going to take some hard knocks. You hire Bill Belichick, I think, you know, if you're, to me, if you're Dallas... If you're Buffalo, if you're a team that feels like they're close, uh, honestly, if you were the L.A. Chargers, that would have made sense more because you feel like you're just a coach away from being competitive at the top of the league. And I think Atlanta's more than a coach away. Right, we'll get to, we'll get the thoughts of a man who's done those hires in the past. Yeah, go ahead, Jace, too. And I mean, the the Atlanta thing just didn't even seem right to me. I don't know about you guys, but that just wasn't a very interesting uh, combination, Belichick with, with Falcons. And it seems like if he does want to wait a year, which it looks like he's going to have to, it seems like next year there are some like desirable jobs. If McCarthy's contract is up, if Eagle's job is, is up, I saw Schefter uh, say if Andy Reid retires, Belichick could be a fit there. So it seems like next year there might be some more substantive uh, job openings for a Bill Belichick fit. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, yes, there potentially could be. But also, you know, there potentially could be. And 
the fa- the Atlanta thing didn't make sense to me. Here's why it made sense to me. Everybody thinks Arthur Blank, he just wants to write a check and you guys go out and win games. So there would be no interference from your owner. And I think that was obviously a part where he was frustrated with the crafts and how it ended, whereas he felt like he was... You know, he was being micromanaged by people who didn't have the level of football acumen that he has. So that part of the partnership made sense. Nothing else made sense uh, about it. To me, nothing else made sense. Um, and then, you know, you look at two that are still open, maybe even three that are still open. You know, you just, when you feel like the Washington Commanders, they're going to hire Ben Johnson. Everyone says it. He's the offense coordinator of the Detroit Lions. And the only thing with Seattle is you thought it'd be Dan Quinn. There's no reason it hasn't been Dan Quinn already. But I would guess that if if your team hasn't made a hire as of yet or isn't leaning towards or negotiating a hire, that that's because there is, in fact, a plan. You just can't execute that plan until said team loses or said team advances to the Super Bowl, and you have that two weeks off in between. Football fans, be sure to turn into Fox Sports Radio Saturday and Sunday morning. Three hours before kickoff. It's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. They walk you right up to kickoff on Saturdays and Sundays. Of course, no NFL games on Saturday this this week. You can listen to Countdown to Kickoff weekend mornings beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sundays right here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Brad says, you definitely sound sick, Doug. Yeah, you do. I don't know what Lorena was talking about. Yeah, I don't really understand. Yeah, what's what's going on, Lorena? I just, uh, Lorena, the whole thing is, and Dan knows this, is honesty is our best policy. So you're not offending me if I, I sound sick. I've done nothing wrong to subject myself to this awful head cold. That's not an awful head cold. Well, now that you mentioned it, I did notice a little bit of a nasaliness to you. Well, I've always had a nasaliness. Like, look, I have a gigantic nose. You do. And um, likely a deviated septum. And I have a nasally voice that... Um, hey, you know, being sick sometimes works for me because I get that kind of smelly cat when when Phoebe was sick sort of yeah. thing, sort of bluesy kind of sound to me. But there's definitely a, a nasally aspect to it. Mark Dominic joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We mentioned 20 years, over 20 years in NFL front offices and in scouting. And, and uh, the guy who was you hired was the youngest head coach in the league at the time was Raheem Morris. Um, he circled back around and just got a, another job. In the same division yesterday, uh, what do you think of the likelihood of success for a guy you used to work with in Tampa? Well, I'm very happy he got another shot, Doug. I mean, we were hired about 15 years ago today. Uh, At that time, I was the youngest GM. He was the youngest head coach in the National Football League. And, you know, we learned a lot. Over five years, we had some success and some struggles. And I think for Coach Morris, uh, he's going to a place that knows him, having been in Atlanta coaching on the offensive side of the ball, coaching Julio Jones and things like that. Uh, but familiar to Arthur Blank, uh, familiar to Rich McKay, and uh, familiar to the city and to the organization. And I think that was a lot of what Arthur Blank was looking for. And I'm excited for Coach Morris. I mean, he's learned. He's been around the, the league now. It's, you know, it's been 12 years since he's been a head coach, but he's been you know, positional coaches and coordinators with a lot of different things. What he did with the Rams this year in a very young unit was very impressive. So, you know, it's going to come down to the quarterback, Doug. You know how that works. Uh, but uh, certainly wish him a lot of success and very excited to watch how he does with Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, I am too. Why do you think the Belichick thing didn't make? I've, I've got to think it's probably the entire staff part, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe Bill uh, just, you know, maybe they weren't on board with, like, let's bring the gang back together type of mentality. Or 
maybe Bill kind of looked at it and said, you know, this isn't the fit for me. Maybe there's a way that Bill Belichick walked away from it as well. I don't know. I certainly felt like it was heading that way, right? And so uh, my, my gut instinct is uh, somebody got their, their uh, feet cold, um, and I, I, I would think that Bill uh, was in the finals of this because I know that Arthur Blank was looking for somebody with name recognition. Yep. But I think the comfort with Raheem Morris, having been around him, knowing that, and I think the culture that I think Atlanta wanted in the city, I think the fit was better for Raheem, even though obviously Belichick's going to wear a gold jacket one day. Okay, that's, it's really interesting because I, I agree with you. I think it all probably works, fits better with Raheem Morris than I do with Belichick. But I, I don't – people look at it and they want to take a negative thing of, well, Belichick, he just – you know, he doesn't think he's too good for this. Whatever, like, no, like – He's in his 70s. It's got to work for him. And so here's my – and he's not changing, right? Like no one is 71 years old. It's like, you know, everything I've done and been more successful than everybody else, I'm going to do it differently this time. Um, but I, I would guess that his initial draw was that he thought, hey, you can kind of do whatever, you know, and you have an owner. And, you know, Arthur Blank is known as an owner who he just wants to write a check and he wants to cheer for a good football team, right? He doesn't want to be involved in the day-to-day. And I think those things intrigued him. And then when you kind of looked at it's a lot like going and looking at a house. First time you go through, you're like, man, I love this neighborhood. I like the setup. I like the yard. I like the schools. I'm in. Then you go back the second time you look at the house, you're like, hey, why is this thing for sale? What's that smell in the basement? This layout doesn't work for me, you know? And there's just something things. And it's okay to go there and to, to for it not to fit and still potentially be successful. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's a division that's going to be open. And I think in that way also, uh, Arthur Blank might be looking a lot longer term than just the next three to four years, but hopefully he's found his coach that's going to be there for a long time. Yeah. And with Belichick, you can't assume that he's going to be there for a long time. So that could have played into it as well. But, uh, you know, I think that's what's intriguing about the South. You know, Baker obviously had a really strong year. Derek Carr was up and down, but good Bryce Young was very frustrated, and, and Ritter, you know, doesn't look like the future and kind of opens the door. But, you know, whoever figures out that quarterback spot first is going to have great control over a division. And, you know, as we saw, 9-8 and eight can get you a home-field playoff game and maybe more. And that's something that's very achievable for any one of those teams, I think. And I think for Coach Morris, high draft choices, a good salary cap situation, uh, it makes sense. Okay, so help me out with this part. Um, now you have some other hires. Canales is hired like he's been a coordinator for one year like really young guy smart 42 years old whatever in Carolina um, what's the likelihood of that being successful yeah so I think that's a very um, interesting hire I think it's a uh, you know I know that coach I think the combination there's as you probably talked about Dan Morgan's the general manager Dan Morgan sure. obviously you know played but also was a scout in Seattle when Canales was in Seattle and I think that's where those two cross paths and have a, a familiarity with each other. And I think that's important, especially when you're going first time ever GM, first time head coach with very little play calling, you know, repertoire. Look, everybody's going to get their shot the first time. Uh, no matter what it was Bill Belichick or Sean McVay, you get your first shot. Uh, I think this is a tricky job. But, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of Alabama players. I think you know that, I, you know, I travel around the country at this time of year helping young men how to interview for the NFL. And I talked to a lot of Alabama players. To, to a man, each of them were like blown away that Bryce did not have success based off of what they knew about him as a person. And so it's going to be interesting to bring a different offensive mindset in there. Somebody that's had great success with Baker Mayfield. Uh, but 
I think that's an uphill battle uh, when you don't have the draft collateral and you may not have a lot of space. They've got to fix that offensive line. Uh, they've got some veterans in there. But uh, I think for Canales, it's a hold your breath higher. But I do think it's at least Morgan, the new GM, knows him and has seen him and certainly probably talked to Pete Carroll about him as well. Um, Jim Harbaugh's the Chargers head coach. I haven't found anybody who doesn't like the hire. Now, I'm a Charger fan, as you know. And so, you know, if, if Harbaugh can't establish a winning culture, who the hell can? Right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I also know, like, look, it's times have changed. I think he's done a good job of at least not showing an, an ego uh, in college. And that's sometimes what, what's unsettling to college coaches and the pros, where they're so used to being about them. And in the pros, it's not about them. Um, but can you think of uh, some negatives with Jim Harbaugh being head coach of the Chargers? I really can't. I think, you know, the nice thing about him is he's got so much experience in the pros. Now he's got so much experience in college. He's going to bring in a lot of ammunition also in terms of recruiting, like all the recruiting he's done at Michigan. He's going to know so many of his kids in the pre-draft process that maybe he didn't even go to Michigan that went to other schools. So he's going to be very helpful for the draft for the next three or four years, let alone be the culture changer that he is as a head coach. Sadly, I think I, I know Harbaugh's coaching style too well. We went out uh, when I was GM of the Bucks. Uh, I want to say it was 2010, and we went and shut the San Francisco 49ers out with Mike Singletary as the head coach. I think it was like 20 to nothing. They had not been shut out in the Bay Area for 20 years. So we're feeling pretty good. So then 2011 comes around. We go out to San Francisco. They decide to hire this guy named Jim Harbaugh as the head coach, and we got rolled. I mean, I was like, how did that happen? How did we just shut them out last year, and then this year we can't stop anything? He's that good about changing the culture, and I think it's big for – Chargers ownership to step up like this and show that they're going to put uh, the money and the resources into a team that really feels like it's got a chance to compete with Kansas City. And now with Harbaugh, uh, I think that's real. Um, okay, let's pretend for a second. Okay, let's pretend for a second. It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Mark Dominic's our guest, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's pretend you're in Buffalo right now. So two years ago is the 13-second debacle. Last year, you don't even get to Kansas City, you lose. Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin thing, you know, kind of screwed up your rhythm, and you never got, got it right. We still don't know in terms of home field advantage how it looked out. And this year, you lose at home a winnable game against the Chiefs team that probably the least talented, at least offensively, the Chiefs have had and may have during Pat Mahomes' era in Kansas City. Uh, what do you do? What do you do? I, I put you complete autonomous control of Buffalo. What do you do? Yeah, I think I stay status quo. I mean, I know that's frustrating. Buffalo was playing as good as anybody down the stretch. And they ran into a game where Buffalo played a little bit more like Buffalo had during the early part of the season where they did things so they beat themselves. We talked about it last week, Doug. Uh, I said an important player that needed to play in that game was Terrell Bernard. He did not. And that's a guy that's very athletic, makes plays all over the field, but he couldn't go. And I think that that's little things like that that were the difference. But I trust the process um, of what they've done and what they've been able to accomplish. I'm not looking to make wholesale changes. It's a good football team. It's still going to be a good football team. They're going to be a great football team next year. Just continue to add to the football team and and know that there's a lot of frustration. And the Super Bowl is absolutely on everybody's mindset. Uh, It's disappointing that right now, you know, as we look at Josh Allen, that maybe it's more Dan Marino world where, you know, he gets one shot or really doesn't. We'll see. But, uh, you know, that gate called Mahomes is hard to get over. And sadly, the Buffalo Bills, I think, kind of toppled themselves this time, not not getting beat by Patrick, but, you know, beating themselves. Uh, 
Uh, let me ask you about Mahomes' opponent this weekend. Um, you know, I don't think, I, this is personal, personally athlete's perspective, been around a long time. I don't think that once the game starts, the pressure of it all necessarily affects these guys. It does, it's just a football game, whatever. But there is the reality, too. Is Baltimore ever going to have a better shot with Lamar? Last year on the rookie deal, granted it's the fifth year option, so it's more money. But that that gives them that's given them the ability to put this incredible group around him, right? Top five defense, and they went out. They could overspend on OBJ. They still have Mark Andrews. Like even though they've had injuries in the backfield with Dobbins and others, they still he has a really really good roster. They're at home. They got an extra day off from last weekend. They got an extra week off from the bye, which really is two weeks off for some of their stars. So they're fresh, they're rested, they have no injury issues, and Kansas City comes in off an absolute war, um, and they're not, this is not a great Kansas City roster. Like, is it ever going to be as there, set up for Lamar, as it is this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I feel the way you do, Doug. I think when you watch this game, you know, Baltimore took a little rust off their wing tips, but that's why they wanted to have the bye. That's why the rest of the guys get back in week 18, basically, as well. And, you know, they got themselves going and hummed all the way through the second half of that game. And, and they certainly look ready to go, and they look certainly very healthy. And I will say, last week we talked about Terrell Bernard and not being there for the linebackers for the Bills. Joe Sooney looks like he's unlikely to play. That is devastating news for Chiefs fans, and it will be devastating news for Patrick Mahomes because of what Justin Matabuke has been able to do inside as, long as, as well as Jones. They've got some big guys, and they create havoc in there. And Joe Thune is the glue of the entire offensive line by far. And so I think that's going to be the big difference in this game is that it's going to be hard for Kansas City to run the football, and they're going to get pressure up the middle. And so, you know, Patrick's going to be scrambling a lot more than normal, and I think that's going to make it a long day for the Chiefs, even though it's kind of – seems impossible to ever say you don't think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I just feel like you feel like this game's set up and teed up, and when Joe Thune went down, I said, geez, that is about as good of an injury as you could ask, sadly, in this game for the Baltimore Ravens based off of their strength of their football team. Uh, okay, the other game is San Francisco 49ers welcoming in the Detroit Lions, and I understand there's rust, and you're a little tight. First big home playoff game this year, but there's also the, the kind of confirmation bias of, yeah, when you know, and when they're not right, and when a quarterback's got to win it, I know he drove them down the field and they scored in a game-winning drive. But there are other times you're like, man, I don't know if this guy's good enough. Um, are they good enough at quarterback? Is Brock pretty good enough at quarterback to win this game? He is. I truly feel like it. I think it's more of Debo Samuel and can you contain Christian McCaffrey from having some of those big plays, those explosion plays. He still had one last week for his long run, but if you, you know, they did a pretty good job of containing him. This game feels very different to me. This game feels like it's either going to be a nail-biter and Detroit wins at the end, or the 49ers are humming and they win by 14 or more. I just I don't feel like it's Detroit's going to win by 14, and I don't think it's you know going to be a nail-biter and, and San Francisco holds on. So uh, it's just about explosion plays to me, as we always talk about. But I, I like Detroit in this game, and I can't believe I'm actually saying that from all the years of misery they've been through. Uh, Detroit just seems like a team that's really uh, physically strong, and I think that's exactly what you have to have to play a San Francisco's team. So uh, it's a tough one for me. I hate to say it. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Detroit, but uh, and maybe it's because it's just such a good feel-good story that my mind's not really focused in the right way. Because you'd think San Francisco, with the number one seed, the way they're supposed to handle this, they should. 
But I kind of like a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl, and uh, we'll see what happens. That's what's great about these games on Sunday. He's Mark Dominic. spent over 20 years in the National Football League front offices and scouting. He's former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He joins us every week and gives us unbelievable insight. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the games. We'll talk next week when we get two Super Bowl teams. Sounds perfect. Talk to you next week. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed any of today's show, check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, review all the podcasts. And again, just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you download podcasts. Let's get to a game. Game This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right there, Dan Byer, what's the game today? Doug, the game today is... Psychic. All right, Psychic, we have a variety of over-unders from Championship Sunday that we will uh, present to you to give us the answer and maybe benefit uh, the wallets of many out there. All right, all player props here. We've got eight of them. Patrick Mahomes, Psychic, will he be over or under 242 and a half yards? Wow. Passing, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) All these courtesy of Bet Online. I'm going to go over. Over. Yeah. I mean, I thought they did a great job running the football, playing it safe. Uh, But Kyle Hamilton's basically a linebacker. They don't necessarily play with two high safeties. They're not a conservative team. I I think. 
I'm gonna go if, over. I'm gonna, they're gonna make him. They're gonna make him throw the ball a little bit more down the field. Before you lock it in, just okay. to let you know, there is rain in the forecast on yep. Sunday. So, you locking in the over? Yes. Okay. Travis Kelsey psychic receiving yards over under 61 and a half. Over. Oh. Over. Another big day for Travis Kelsey. Or Travis Kels, as he was once known. Let's go to the Ravens side By of the things. By the way, how did that happen and we not talk about it or know about it? What, that it went from t- Travis Kels to Travis Kelsey? Kels. It's been Kels, and then at some point they're like, everyone keeps mispronouncing it, so we'll just go with Kelsey. Yeah. And on their New Heights podcast, I think they blamed their dad for it. That he just accepted it and given in. just said, all right, everybody's going to pronounce it Kelsey. We'll just continue with that. I wonder uh, if in the in the old country it was Kelchi. I don't know. I will be sticking with Bayer and not Bayer, as everybody will call me. I will stick with Bayer. By the way, Travis Kelsey last game, five catches, 75 yards and two touchdowns. So he hit the over in that. We'll see if he does it again. All right, let's go to the Ravens side of things. Lamar Jackson. Over under 66 and a half rushing yards. 66 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under. Mm. Under. Remember, you know, for people who don't track these things, sacks do go against your rushing yards. So uh, they, they do in college, not in the NFL, though. They don't? No. They do I in screwed college, that up. But so. Like I said, over 61 yards. Okay. <laughs> over 61 yards. Uh, 66 and a half. High, I think it's a high-scoring game, to be honest. Okay. I think it's going to be a wild one. Last game. But, but I also think that the Chiefs are behind. That's why they throw the ball. But Lamar led the Ravens in rushing. 11 carries, 100 yards on the ground against the Texans. Now another Lamar situation here. Longest run by Lamar Jackson. Over 17 and a half. Yeah, I'll go over for that one. I, again, I think it's a lot of short runs, but I do think there'll be one that he breaks off, maybe a called run that he, he breaks off and he runs. I, I know the Kansas City style defensively has been to keep him in the pocket, but part of this offense is designed is for some of those quarterback powers, quarterback runs as well. Shifting gears to the NFC Championship game. We have four yep. props here, two involving 49ers, two involving Detroit Lions. We start out with 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Over under psychic, 276 and a half passing yards. Uh, under. All right. That's a lot. I thought that was very high. Yes, I did too. I thought that was I thought that was really high. Which leads me to think, like, Vegas knows something I don't know, but I'm... Sure, you know, you know. I know. Uh, they always make you second guess. All right. Over, under, on Lions, tight end, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, 48 and a half receiving yards. Hmm. Let's do uh, 41 and a half. Mm. All right. Let's go under. Under, under yeah. You just responded to a group text with me, you, and Jason and John Ramos. Yes. During this segment. And I knew it because well, I had it's, my it's because, phone on and I'm like, because Ramos, me? Ra- it's because Ramos texted us all <laughs> that he's got a walkie talkie. And let's just, I, I, it's kind of cool, right? So Ramos does, he left our show to do security and coach softball at his daughter's high school. Right? And I honestly think the coolest part isn't, he didn't leave to coach softball. He left because he gets to have a job that is a walkie talkie. 
I would challenge anybody, like even with cell phones, we still people still love walkie-talkies. Don't you love the idea of a walkie-talkie? I love walkie-talkies, especially on road trips, and you got two cars. You can talk to each other without having to call. That well, Lorraine is, is not old enough true. to remember CBs. Did, does, has anybody ever ridden in a car, non-cop car, that had a CB radio? On? Yes. Yes. You did? Yep. That's really cool. That's when you start feeling like Bo and Luke Duke. Yes. <laughs> or, or the bandit. My the bandit. my aunt and uncle had a had a fifth wheel trailer they would attach to the back of their pickup truck. And while it's not safe, they that's where the kids would ride. And then, sure, of course. you know, my aunt and uncle would drive. But they would have the walkie-talkie. Well, they didn't know it wasn't safe. They were drinking the whole time. So <laughs> they, they, they would have the walkie-talkie to be able to communicate sure. to the kids back and forth if they needed to. Hey, we're going to stop. Everything. Smart. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, havoc was was going on behind them. All right. Definitely some noogies. Yes. Last two. George Kittle, Niners tight end, psychic, over, under, 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I'll go under. All right. Under. And finally, psychic, Lions running back, David Montgomery. We're going to go Montgomery with this. Over, under, 43 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he only had 30 for, against uh, the, Under for Montgomery. Under. under. All right. I actually think Montgomery's in for a big game. I think they're going to want to use him to uh, try to soften up that 49ers front. We shall see. There you go. That, my friends, is game time. Over-under version of Psychic. Yeah. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, remember, if you miss any of the show, shame on you. Feel shame. Okay, now that you're done feeling shame, remember to download the show wherever you download podcasts. Just type in Doug Gottlieb, and you get the special one-hour version of a podcast-only version of the show, and then you get the two hours of live radio. Uh, Sean Merriman will join us next hour. I'll give you my picks. We'll talk Debo Samuel's health. Uh, Maybe a little college basketball chata. Chata, because, you know, we could try and make you guys some money. That's what's going on Saturday. And... uh, also, kind of a weird night last night, guys. I had nothing going on, so I was walking around Madison's like a Thursday night in a college town, and people were going out, and I was just like, "Wow!" I it's just such. I I determined that this is probably the best time of year to go out in a college campus. I'll explain why next hour. Explain that next hour. But coming up next, uh, live from the Tyrac.com studios, we'll give you five picks for the pros. Maybe I'll give you five college basketball picks. The Gambler is next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.